Well, it seems to have been one summit after another in Southeast Asia over the last couple of weeks. The one most important for Australians and has made all the headlines was the G20 summit in Bali, where there seems to have been some thawing in the relationship between Australia and China. So we need help to unravel all this, eh? And so who better than foreign affairs expert Dr Keith Souter? Hi, Keith. Yes, hello, Bill. Hello, mate. Now, mate, were you impressed by Prime Minister Albanese's nine-day trip through Southeast Asia? Yes, I think that the trip was the most important overseas trip he's made in the brief time in which he's been Prime Minister. And it's been a very successful trip in terms of uh, particularly improving the relations with China. The G20, the, the key meeting, is a group of 20 of the world's most important economies. So obviously Australia is in that list. We're at number 11. China is either at number one or number two, depending on how you do your calculations. So it was a, a very important uh, forum for discussion. And the Chinese bureaucrats who've actually imposed the sanctions on Australia will see their leader <clears throat> talking with the Australian Prime Minister and take that as a sign that um, Australia and China are improving in their relations. Nothing dramatic was agreed to, but I think it was a good photo opportunity. And as Winston Churchill used to say, jaw, jaw is better than war, war. <laughs> so the, the, it was kind of a fantasy, wasn't it, that the two of them would meet before this actually happened? Yes, there were a lot of discussions about you know whether the meeting would go ahead, etc. Uh, but President Xi has not been able to travel overseas for the last couple of years because of COVID. Uh, he's decided to stay at home, uh, and so he's been out of action. And of course, Australian prime ministers have not been able to meet with him for about the last five years. Yeah. So uh, this was a, a key meeting, at least in terms of the two people getting together to shake hands. Now, how optimistic should we be that some of the trade tariffs might be removed? Well, you've got to bear in mind that the cause of the dispute is not over trade. Trade is the collateral damage. The real problem is that Australia is very clearly lining up behind the United States in the US confrontation with China and whether or not the United States is getting ready for a war with China. That is the big picture. And China has decided to strike back at Australia for supporting the United States with its war-fighting ambitions. And so China has cut back on the trade, uh, some of it. You know, it's still importing a lot of iron, uh, but they've obviously stopped the red wine, etc. Um, but in a sense, therefore, it's really a bigger strategic issue. It's not over trade, really. It's over Australia's increasingly tight relationship with the United States, for example, the way in which Australia banned the Huawei telephone networks from operating fully yeah. in Australia, or the way that um, Australia is now linked with the United States and the United Kingdom in a new defence pact called AUKUS. Um, so China sees itself being surrounded by hostile countries that are all loyal to the United States, and so it lashed out, and the best way to influence Australia because it's so important for the Australian economy, is simply to cut so, back on some of the so Australian So how imports. important was the meeting between President Xi and Joe Biden? 
Oh, very important. Again, uh, the Chinese leaders not met any uh, foreign leaders for for a couple of years, and it went on for a long time, <laughs> much longer than scheduled. Um, so I, I that's think a good that is, sign, isn't another, it? It's a good sign. It's a good sign. When you look into the future, uh, the big question is: Will there be a war between the United States and China? Some people are saying yes, it's inevitable. It's a bit like the era when Britain uh, ruled the waves, and then. A freshly united Germany came up to rival it, and hence we get the two world wars. Or that, in fact, we might find a peaceful way of resolving the tensions between the United States as the established power and China as the rising challenging power. They may be able to find some mechanism whereby they can end that rivalry in a peaceful way rather than actually going to war. Because I gather... um Anthony Albanese's meeting with President Biden went really well. So he kind of can chalk up meetings with the two most important people in the world that were, went really well, can't he? Oh, absolutely. And, of course, Australia is freshly important now for the United States because the United States, uh, in getting ready to have the war with China, is obviously concerned to maintain good defence arrangements. And the one with Australia is absolutely key because we had the Pine Gap base in central Australia, near Alice Springs, we're we're actually an important part of that command and control system for the U.S. military. So we are a vital part of the U.S. defence arrangement. So how's our relationship with France, mate? (laughs) Well, that's going to be a little more problematic. But remember, uh, the French president sees the dispute as really now being with a former Australian government rather than the current one. But he put his boot in a bit, didn't he, about AUKUS? Absolutely. He's very unhappy with the way in which the submarine deal, uh, whereby France would supply submarines to Australia, the way that was cancelled, you know, just done by a text message, um, (laughs) that was done very badly by the Australian government in its haste to be able to announce its new relationship. You know, it's it's dropped one lover and acquired two others. (laughs) And and the French are ex-lovers who are very angry. Um, and, and, of course, the, the risk for Australia, and goes back again to trade, is that the French are in a good position to veto any new trading arrangements we want to negotiate with the European Union. They can be very vindictive when yeah. they are spurned. Now, a notable absentee was um, President Putin. Um, do we read anything into that? Oh, absolutely. In fact, one of the concerns was that uh, you'd have 19 leaders having to shake Putin's hand for the photo opportunities, etc. Um, and Putin's uh, presence in Bali would create a great deal of embarrassment. But the Indonesian president, who, by the way, has yeah. given credit for this brilliant meeting of the G20, very, very smart young leader, he was able to, um, uh, or some arrangement whereby you, you had the, Australia, the um, Russian foreign minister who's far less controversial than Putin personally. Um, So he represented Russia, although nobody talked to him, uh, but he was at the G20. Putin clearly didn't want to risk going overseas. There is a thing called um, um, a universal warrant for arrest, and it may well be that if uh, he'd been in the country that somebody might try to have kidnapped him and put him on trial for the war crimes in Ukraine. So he decided he wouldn't leave. Plus, of course, he does have a war on his hands. Yeah. And has and got to stay at home to fight that war, not be photographed in a, a South Pacific paradise. And what was all this mess about Canada and Z? Oh, golly. 
Well, that that I think is a completely separate issue with some off the cuff remarks that were made. Not a bit. I don't. It doesn't affect us. So it's not doesn't, a big deal. Not not for us at all. No. So all in all, you'd say this has been a good couple of weeks for Australia on the diplomatic stage, mate. Absolutely. Remember, Australia is doing very well in re-establishing contacts with the South Pacific, which was the Prime Minister's earlier yeah. trip overseas. Uh, so um, the South Pacific countries have realised they don't need to rely on Chinese assistance. Uh, Australia and the United States have now rediscovered the South Pacific. So that was an earlier trip which went extremely well. Yeah. This one has also gone very well. Albanese sticks to the script written by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Uh, he's a smart operator um, and is doing very well for Australia. He's, he's above expectations, isn't he? He is, yeah, because this is, uh, you know, this notion of foreign affairs is quite new to him. He's a, a Labour Party apparatchik with a pension given to domestic politics. But yeah. he's, he's, that's why I think the Department of Foreign Affairs will be very happy that here's somebody who does read their briefs and is willing to stick to their script. So I think that the department will be very happy with the way he's behaved. Now, what about these Russian missiles landing in Poland near the Ukraine border and killing two people? Um should we be worried about this and the potential yes, we, for NATO? Yes, yes we, should, uh, we should be worried. It's not as bad as uh, when I was reporting on it a couple of mornings ago for uh, Channel 7. I, it looked as though they were Russian missiles fired into Poland. It now looks as though they were Ukrainian missiles had been fired at Russian uh, missiles. But, of course, it's still Russia's fault because the Ukrainians wouldn't have any reason to drop any missiles in that area were it not for the fact that they're under attack from Russia. But it is a warning to everybody about how wars can begin. Uh, Russia and Ukraine are already at war. But then, of course, the big worry would be that if it were a deliberate Russian attack on Poland, Poland could therefore call, which is a NATO country, could call on assistance from all the NATO countries to respond to attacking Russia. NATO doesn't want to do that. Um, They hope they can uh, defeat Russia in Ukraine without formally going to war against uh, Russia. That's the the hope of the NATO countries. But I've got to say, on on that uh, Thursday morning, we're all very anxious about what was going on in Poland. But it does look as though they were simply Ukrainian missiles that were... Uh, busy attacking the the Russian ones that were flying over so the mate, far western part. In, of, uh, in many ways, it hasn't been a very good couple of weeks for the Russians on the world stage, oh, has it? It's, it's been an appalling time for Russia. So Russia uh, will take years to recover. Even if the war stopped uh, by some miracle tonight, it will take years for Russia to be accepted back into the community of nations. They're seen as conducting so many horrific war crimes that caused so much damage to Ukraine. And of course, a lot of Western countries have pulled out of Russia. So the economy is in a bad way. So um, it's been a very bad few months, really, for Russia. God bless you, mate. Thanks so much for talking to us tonight. Thank you. Thank you.